It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Howdy, howdy, hello. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Stock Car Show and another evening of motorsports conversation here on both the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. We're live on both uh, platforms now and happy to have all the folks from Spreaker listening in. We appreciate you checking the show out tonight. We've got a fun show in line here and in studio to my right at the round table. I have none other than last week's ARCA Racing Series winner, Zane Smith, who picked himself up a guitar for driving his number 41 Toyota to victory lane for MDM Motorsports. And we'll talk to Zane in a moment. Jacob Seelman going to be joining us as well via the Race Chaser Skype line along with Chris Murdoch. And, of course, we've got Bill Holtz behind the glass punching all the right buttons. He's from the Carolina School of Broadcasting. And later in the program, you'll hear from Kyle Souza, our New England correspondent and home tracks modified tour PR du jour uh, who will talk about um, the thompson speedway icebreaker which indeed was an icebreaker last weekend up there they had snow they had cold but they did have sun on race day got everything in over the weekend and uh, we'll talk about all of the events that went on at thompson and we'll also hear from the winner of that modified tour race later. He'll be joining us via the phone line. That's Justin Bonsignor. But uh, we'll start with some conversation with Zane Smith here because uh, Zane and I just finished up doing a Race Face TV episode before we came into the radio studio here and uh, now doing the radio show. And Zane, you're kind of making the rounds this week coming off. I mean, is it is it safe to say that this was the biggest win of your career? Uh, yeah, definitely up there for sure. Um that that guitar is awesome. Uh, I get to see it right now every time I I wake up and and just knowing that I got to go back to Victory Lane and um, finally started out this year really strong is a uh, definitely a good feeling. You, did you put it in your bedroom? Uh, right now it's in my bedroom, but uh, I went for a, a hanger that's supposed to be here tomorrow. Okay. And that is going to it's going to hang on like this specific wall with a flag and everything. There we go. I like it. Okay. So let's talk about Fairgrounds Nashville for a bit because a lot of our audience probably has never laid eyes on that track. It's a short track that's been around forever, and it's one of the toughest short tracks, so a lot of the drivers say, to get around. Um, I've been there, and I've spotted for some late model drivers there but I've never seen an ARCA race there. What's it like in an ARCA car trying to get around that track? Yeah, I guess the difference between an ARCA car and a uh, super late model. A uh, super late model, you more hustle it, and it's it's definitely a lot easier to drive there. Um, ARCA cars pretty much everywhere are just heavier, really, yeah. that that kind of feeling. And um, that, that dip off of two, it, it's Oof. like a hole you fall into pretty <laughs> much. Uh, and a super, you, I mean, you tell it's there, obviously, but it's really not that big of a deal and arca car it's a whole other world like uh whoever can get over that thing the best usually is up towards the front okay and, and uh it's all about timing to get through that and um and a lot about side bite there um and that that's stuff that you look for a lot in the test and you pray to god that you unload with that there and and luckily we did and and uh i got marty lindley as a crew chief this year and 
he he unloaded that thing really spot on, and he made my job uh, a whole lot easier than it could have been. MDM has got a host of stout crew chiefs over there. I mean, it almost seems like no matter which car you're driving, you've got either Marty or you've got Jeff Stankowitz over there. Um, you know, you've got um, Bearclaw, uh, Cully Bearclaws over there. Um, so many, so much knowledge and so much success over the years. What's it like for you at 18 to work with a fountain of knowledge like Marty Lindley? Yeah, you pretty much just try to absorb it all. Um, pretty much, I got a peanut brain compared to, to <laughs> his. Uh, he knows so much about this stuff, and um, and I'm just trying to learn all I can this year and try to move forward from it. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed it right there. I mean, all the guys over there are good. Shane Hoffman, Robert yeah, Hoffman. Exactly, I mean, yeah. the list just, it's almost like. It's endless. Every yeah. time. There's not one bad guy over there. No. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got so much success behind him. And you put all that into one place. And, you know, it almost seems like it either works or it doesn't. Like yeah. sometimes, you know, the chemistry just isn't right. But over there. It's like all of those guys just, yeah, it clicks. And gosh, the amount of talented racers with you and and uh, Chase, uh, Harrison, I mean, Sheldon. What's it like for you, a California kid at 18 years old, to be right on the verge of that step into NASCAR's National Series? Yeah, um, it's definitely pretty weird, I guess you could say, um, just because, I mean, I always think this to myself. If you think back five years ago, like, did you think you'd be right here? Um, and no, I did not. Um, and I don't, I don't know. That's actually a really good question. I mean, maybe Sheldon could help me answer that because he's awesome from California. And I, I don't know. I mean, have you given yourself any opportunity to really stop and think about that and enjoy it? No, because in this side of, or this sport, I mean, it, Nothing ever stops. I mean, you're always going, and I mean, especially during uh, coming up here, it, we start to get really busy too. So, <laughs> what's a what's a day in the life for you? I mean, do you spend all day at the shop working on the cars, or kind of what you know? How does that work with you in, in the dynamic with the team like that? Yeah, I mean, I obviously try to go down down to the shop um, whenever I can, and luckily they're really close to me, about ten minutes. Um, so that helps a ton, and I don't know if you kind of surround yourself with all that, you're going to get more knowledge about it. And just so everything's got to become second nature to you. And I think the sooner you can learn all that stuff, the better you're going to be. And I, I another thing I do is uh, try to go out to the car track, and I don't know, just being in any type of car can I feel like makes you better. Oh sure, yeah. seat time in anything at this point. Yep. And you know, being you know, seat time is everything. 2018. Arca racing season, two races down, got that win at Nashville. Uh, you looking forward to any of the other races coming on here? Uh, you know, what what are you looking forward to this season uh, as a whole? All of them, for sure. All of them? <laughs> <laughs> I, guess I guess that's a, that's about a good... That's that so PC. Just looking at this, yeah. there are some stacked tracks on the, the schedule, so it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. You know, already getting that, that win under your belt uh, two races into the season has to feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that people don't understand how much that actually helps right there is of getting course. that win. Confidence. Uh, yeah. yeah, huge right there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, tracks I'm looking forward to, 
One that I really want to win is Pocono on my birthday. Mm. I I want that flag. Oh, so Pocono's bad. on your birthday. It says June 9th. I I just want that. I want that weekend right there. But um, nice. I want that one. I wish we were going back to Winchester. Winchester's sweet. Yeah, I came very close last year. Another one, a gateway. I think is going to be very cool. I want I want that that one as well. I mean, I want all of them, I guess. But uh, is, is there any tracks that you're like? Not so sure about that. You you think that you could use some track time? Anything that you're you're yes. looking forward to just to, to learn? Uh, yeah. out, out of all of that, I'm gonna guess all of them is another answer that that you would like to say there. Just because, like we talked about, seat time is everything. Yeah, no, I I'd say for sure uh, is that's Berlin right there. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pumped for that one uh, because I've been there in a super late model. That's just a really weird track. I mean, you could ask a bunch of other people. You either love that place or hate it. And I'm kind of in between right now. So, um, Berlin is an interesting track. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can remember back in the 90s going there and announcing an Isma Super Modified, Wing Super Modified race there. The cool part for me is at that time, they had a little building on the inside of the track, and the announcer was on the inside. So I was announcing basically from the infield looking out at it. Um, but it's a very unique track in the way it's shaped and the way it races. I've got to believe that would be a really interesting and maybe one of the harder tracks to grasp on yeah. the circuit. It's definitely going to be pretty tough in an ARCA car, yeah. uh, something that's heavier. And uh, like a sprint car or something, it, that place would be sweet because oh, yeah. they're just hooked the up with grip. It, it's, Berlin is just going to be all about finesse and uh, mm-hmm. whoever can hustle that weight around without burning up the tires there and just managing themselves. That's that's going to be the winner of that one. Uh, no road courses on the ARCA schedule this year, but I want to ask you about your experience with road course racing. Normally, ARCA runs one or two for whatever reason, nothing this year, but um, how much road course racing have you actually done, and is that something that you would like to do more of? I know a lot of the younger drivers now are starting to get experience on the road, road yeah. racing side of things. I mean, if my opinion, I, I I think half the schedule should be road courses. I I, I love. <laughs> I'm with you. I yeah, think it'd be great. I love road course racing. I grew up with that. Um, since I was six six years old in go karts, and I raced them things all around the world. Did and, you run Scusa? Yeah, that what, I Scusa ran the, I ran Super Nats. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've raced a lot of uh, karting, and um, I'm just a huge fan of road road ra- road course racing. And uh, when I didn't see Road America on there, believe me, I was extremely bummed. Yeah, I, I love yeah. that course. That's one of my favorite road courses in the country. And I, I'm disappointed that they didn't go back. Hopefully, maybe next year they'll be able to, to get one or two back on the schedule. Uh, we're going to step aside here. When we come back, we will have more with Zane Smith. And, of course, we've got Kyle Souza coming up. We've got Justin Bonsignor coming up as well. We've got the Newswire to talk about still and some really interesting NASCAR news pertaining to the All-Star Race. We'll get to all that. In due course, you're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. We'll be back with more of the show on Spreaker and PMN Radio right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. 
Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Another evening of motorsports conversation here on the Performance Motorsports Network and live on Spreaker as well. Tom Baker and Chris Murdoch with you right now, along with our special guest for the first hour, Zane Smith, with us, Zane the winner of last weekend's Music City 200 at uh, the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway for the ARCA Racing Series. We were talking before the break about all of the talent on both the driving side and the crew chief side at MDM Motorsports, but nowhere I or, or n- nobody in that organization to me is any more instrumental in the success of it 
than Lauren Rainier. And I know that you just started working with Lauren and we we've known Lauren quite a while and I've had him on a couple of our shows here. Um, Lauren is basically, I mean, like an encyclopedia of, just about to say, of yeah. driver development information. What's it been like being able to work with Lauren from that standpoint? Yeah. Uh, working with Lauren has been awesome. Um, he is definitely very educated about our sport. And, uh, one thing that I want to see is his contacts because I swear he knows everyone, literally everyone in this sport. Like, he does. Like if you need to get a phone number or something, that's that's my go-to guy right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But but he's he's a really down-to-earth guy. Oh and yeah, the he's way so, he he's approaches so cool. everything. Yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, from the standpoint of the relationship between him as a driver coach. And you as a driver, I mean, I don't think you could ask for anyone who's kind of more able to be on your level and yet be able to bring you to the next level where you're trying to go. I mean, it's pretty amazing. To... Yeah. Yeah, he definitely helps out a ton. Um, and, I mean, we, we've we only been working together for for since pretty much Daytona. So, um, or per, I guess the test. So, uh me and Sheldon are, uh, I guess, his, his two, like, ARCA guys right now. So it's pretty cool. I mean, he's uh, he's definitely a lot of fun to work with. I mean, he's it's, it's an understatement on how cool he is. Okay, I think we got Jacob Seelman now. And, uh, Jacob, I know you were looking forward to talking with Zane. We've talked to him about Nashville. We've talked to him about uh, working with MDM Motorsports and, you know, the cast and crew over there on on both the driver's side and the crew chief's side. Uh, but I know you've uh, watched Zane for a long time as he's come up through the ranks, especially, uh, you know, since he's been over here. Uh, I don't know if you want in this, on this or not. Well, of course I want in on this. I don't know in what universe I wouldn't, but I actually want to ask about the drought, as a matter of fact. Uh, Zane, it was almost two years since you had won a race in, well, anything. And I know at times that's got to wear on a driver. What was it like for you um, from that standpoint of just having to wait and wait and wait and go through bad luck and everything you went through to get back to victory lane? Yeah, I mean, um, it's not fun at all. Uh, you kind of, I guess, get in that position. I mean, you could look at it right now, who's in a big one, is uh, Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he is, he's been at the high of high, and he's at the low of low right now. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. It's tough to put these races together uh, to get a win. I mean, pretty much it has to be your day. And at Nashville, I felt right when I woke up like it was my day, and um, I just – felt the urge to go out and go get that one and you know going back to uh what we were talking about you know leaning on you know driver coaches how instrumental is that to you you personally you know going through this season having having somebody to to lean on or if you need something uh you know you know lean on it and get information from because i know you know some drivers don't really have that luxury how important is that to you to really have somebody to lean on throughout the season yeah i mean it's huge i mean especially get information sooner than others um, is a big part. And I mean, especially in this sport, it's a lot about who, you know, and, um, and to start that kind of at a younger age than an older age uh, with Lauren is, um, is huge. I think in my opinion, do yeah. you think that um, having, I mean, obviously you had a taste 
before you really got into the season of, you know, of K&N and of, of Samarka starts. How much do you think that really helped you going into Daytona? Because I just, I watch all these younger drivers who go in December and they test at Daytona. They've never been on a track that size before. They go and they test at Daytona. And I always get the same response when I say, what was that like? It's like this big, wide set of eyes. It's like, oh, my God, that was cool. But it's got to be nerve-wracking to go into that race with no previous experience at that level. How much do you think your previous couple starts that you had last year really helped you going into this year to be ready to come out and run for wins in the championship? Yeah, obviously it's huge. Um, Any seat time above others is is a lot. But um, I don't know. Daytona is Daytona, in my opinion. it's, I don't know. I think in my, the, the test is kind of boring a little bit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're just really doing your thing. You can only do so much. Yeah. <laughs> you just ruined a lot of engineers' nights. Yeah, <laughs> see, but, engineers uh, love testing. Yeah, the, uh, I don't know the the reason why them things go fast at Daytona. That's all uh, props to the the guys at the shop for that. Um, where the big track experience pays off is when you get to the mile and a halfs. How deep you get into the corner there is huge um, because people that experience at mile and a half will eat you up in practice. And, um, I mean, a lot of these races that we go to this year, we get an hour of practice, qualify them race. So you better be on it, and uh, all your guys better be on it rolling into the weekend. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, though, Daytona, um, it's a crapshoot. You really don't – it really doesn't feel fast at all uh, until you're wrecking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah i would suppose yeah. that would yeah. change yeah. the perspective yeah when, when you get hooked on the back stretch you're like oh yeah damn i'm hauling it right here <laughs> yeah that wall's coming at me at about 190 yeah <laughs> wow yeah. yeah i can only imagine i was uh this date or yeah this year um i got spun and all thing was just smoke and i'm like one of these guys is gonna hit me i, I just know it and um selfie uh, told me that me and him made eye contact. That's how I was pointing at him. And uh, hi, yeah. And just out of nowhere, I just got t-boned, and then you just feel like you're just floating in the air forever. And you're like, man, I please don't get into the fence, and please, right when I hit the grass, just don't start bear rolling. And um, luckily, it didn't. Knock on wood uh, that that won't happen. Um, but yeah, I mean. Daytona is a whole other story, I guess, Talladega, too. But, uh, but uh, it's fun. All of it's fun. Um, it's just different racing, for sure. Okay, we're going to we're gonna take a break. When we come back, more with Zane Smith, because this is fun. And uh, we'll also have much more coming up on the Stock Car Show, so stick around. You're listening to the show both on Spreaker and on PMN Radio live Presented by HMS Motorsport, and we will be right back. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with the $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Performance Motorsports Network. And Spreaker, you are listening to the Stock Car Show live on both formats now. We're happy about that, and we've got more announcements coming in the next several weeks. So stay tuned for all of that as things continue to expand for us here at Race Chaser Radio and the Performance Motorsports Network. Anyways, back to the show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch, all gathered around along with Bill Holtz from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, our ace producer here. And we've got Zane Smith in studio, been having a lot of fun talking with last weekend's 
Arca winner from Nashville. Okay, so you just detailed what it was like to race at Daytona and wreck at Daytona. Um, let's talk a little bit about your background a little bit. For those who aren't real familiar with Zane Smith, you got started early in your career on two two wheels. Yeah, I actually never learned the training wheels. My mom uh, just... <laughs> Fed me to the dogs. <laughs> I started out uh, originally, yeah. But, yeah, I raced BMX all around the world. Um, raced those forever. Um, and then went to trophy carts on dirt. And while well, I was kind of doing that and kind of coming to an end. What is a trophy cart? It's like Just a, a, a 450-Kawasaki uh, engine. Like, okay. And it's like a mini trophy truck. Okay. Yeah. So They're, little versions of what we know Sheldon yeah, yeah. Kind of races. They uh they get after it though. Yeah. Like oh, I bet. Yeah. It's like just like the little outlaw carts at yeah at Millbridge. Um, but then I moved towards the end of that. I um I went into like the road course go karts, raced those all around, like the Supernat stuff, Scusa, uh, WK, all of that, and um and then I started doing like the the legend car kind of stuff, and then went into uh, late models, super late models. Did a couple K N races and um and now Arca right now. Yeah. Um and so a little bit of a variety in there. I mean you've had some dirt track experience. And again, I mentioned Sheldon Creed and you were talking on the Race Face T V show that we taped prior to the show, uh, about the fact that you've actually known Sheldon a lot longer than a lot of people realize. What's that like for you to have known him all this time and now here it is, you're eighteen and he's what, twenty or so? Yeah. And you, you know, here you are on the same team in the Arca series. Yeah, it, it's weird how everything goes in a loop. But uh, I, I used to race Sheldon in the trophy carts, and I kind of went to the pavement side of things, like I was just explaining, and he stayed on the dirt side of things and went for, like, a pro-light championship, I'm pretty sure it was. And um, and we went to Speed Weeks the year I won the championship down there in the Super, and he was running a uh, pro-light model, I'm pretty sure it was. And I'd seen, so I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I'd seen the uh, entry form, and it said Sheldon Creed. I'm like, no way, that's right. <laughs> so I went over to his hall, or same old Sheldon I knew. <laughs> and uh, and we kind of just been hanging out then, and uh, and then I guess I think it was two years later. Now we're teammates now, and whenever he comes to North Carolina, he is uh, pretty much my apartment roommate. He, he passes out on... On my couch, that's where uh, he stays when he comes down here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's super weird how, in the racing world, how everything goes in a loop. But Sheldon's are, are really cool, um, for sure. We uh, It's cool that we're teammates. And um, whenever uh, my stuff's run a little bit better than he is or vice versa, we, um, we kind of share that with each other. And uh, it's kind of hard to find teammates like that. Well, you managed Zane to beat said teammate in Nashville, but it wasn't just Sheldon you beat. You managed to end up as uh, the leader in an MDM 1-2-3 finish, the first time that the team has done that in their history, and the fourth car with Chase Purdy was not far off either. I mean, how cool was that for you guys at the end of the race to know it was the three of you battling it out for the win and knowing that one way or another, if y'all didn't screw it up, somebody from the team was going to yeah. win that race? Yeah, believe it or not, I didn't even know we were 1-2-3. I knew Sheldon, obviously, ended up second, but uh, I knew... Harrison was going to be up there and um 
and I was on stage. We were taking pictures, and Sheldon came up, gave me a high five and everything. Uh, Harrison was right behind him, uh, gave me knuckles, and um, and then we went to like the little top three little picks. I'm like, oh, damn, Harrison like ended up third. Like I, I had <laughs> no idea. Twenty fifth to third. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely really cool for the team. Um, happy for them. Uh, they definitely deserve it for for how hard all those guys work over there and how much effort and um, and just everything that they put into it. Um, that that's a little bit of a payoff right there. You talk about the experiences that you've had with Sheldon. What's it been like since? hooking up with MDM. I know last year uh, there was a bit of a change for you mid-season where you moved over to the MDM stable, and it seemed like you found something that really suited you uh, very well over there or found the right, you know, sometimes it's about the people. What was it for you that gave you that comfort level that all of a sudden the bounce back came in the second half of 2017? Yeah, I think just a little bit of everything. Um for for this and for wins to start coming and running good and being in contention, everything has to go right. Um, and I think everyone just has to bring their A game to the racetrack. And all the guys at MDM uh, kind of already knew that, and they were. And I was, I've been ready to go back to victory lane, so I was obviously bringing my A game. Um, and we just started. Ended up, we ended up second uh, twice twice uh last year and then third so we were in contention came super close all those times and uh first one of 2018 we got the win so uh i'm super pumped for this year and i think there's gonna be a lot more to come tom i need you to do me a favor since you're the one looking across the table at him eyeball him does his hat have a bend in it now it's got a bend (laughs) it's got a bend in it i was was gonna harass you about that you know that zane because the uh the last time you won you were wearing the uh the straight bill hat and i looked at you one time i'm like boy boy no no just no yeah uh, at least we fixed that part of things yeah i'm not a, a huge fan of um of the super bent bill that that's not me but um i also come from the a different side of the united states so yes you do so yes, uh, you do. me and sheldon come i i guess our uh our wardrobe <laughs> are are very similar and uh sometimes we kind of trip out on what some people wear out here but that's what they say about us that's right that yeah. is what we say about you yeah. no, we're just kidding uh all right be real quick before i let jacob back in here speaking of california you said something on the tv show earlier that i couldn't help but chuckle at you talked about uh, rod wortham the host asked you about what you do when you're not in the race car and you had trouble answering that but then you made the comment that you know you're from california and over here when you're in California, there's a lot more to do. Over here, there's not as much to do. Now, I, I want to understand, what do you do in California that you don't do here in Charlotte? I, I know there's a there's a lot of water over there, but we got that too. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's know. It's just that, not right here, but we do have Lake Norman. I feel like just people out here, like I'm I'm not a fan of sitting inside and playing like video games. Like the the new thing right now is Fortnite. I'm not a fan of that at all. I like didn't I don't know what even, that was. Yeah, I don't, I don't even ago. know how to play it. I'm <laughs> awful. So I crossed me out of that one. I like going to like trampoline parks and stuff like that. Like I just like doing fun stuff. I mean, there's just a ton of like those kind of things in California and out here you have to drive like thirty thirty five minutes everywhere. Back home I legit ride my skateboard 
wherever, ride my bike, um, just wherever you want. I mean, you could go down to the beach, uh, just, I mean, the, all the shops down there. It's, I love Huntington. Huntington will always be home for me. Where in California is that, for those who don't know, just for the geography sake? It's about, uh, I'd say, 30 minutes from L.A., south of L.A. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned riding your skateboard. At least you didn't really have to drive in, in the traffic, I guess, because I hear California traffic's not the best. Yeah. It, <laughs> see, that's only on the 405. The, the, yeah. the freeways down there are a little hectic. Uh yeah, that that gets a little crazy sometimes. We're about a <laughs> seven wide stop. That's something that you don't miss. Yeah. <laughs> in California. Yeah, you gotta you gotta if you're in the carpool lane, you gotta clear yourself to get off. <laughs> I don't imagine that Hummer that's out in the parking lot fits real well in California traffic. Yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm on I'm honestly a fan of uh, hanging out with my dog out when I, or my dogs when I go back to California, and that's what I like the most is um. I, that's what I miss the most too is is my golden retriever and um, yeah I, I'm a huge dog lover. Cool. Uh, I got uh, a French bulldog out here, uh, Kygo. Oh, so, nice. So yeah, he, I love he's bulldogs. yeah he's at the apartment right now, Drooling. Uh, chilling. Oh, yeah. yeah, chilling on his <laughs> little patio. He's got. I just bought him a a little porch potty deal. So <laughs> it's it's a, I was watching Shark Tank right, and I, I'd seen a porch potty. I'm like. Oh my God, that guy is a genius right there. (laughs) And it comes like a little scented fire hydrant and he's only like peed on it twice, but it was well worth the money. And so now when, when Kygo hangs out on the patio, he's got a place to go and yeah. So I, I try giving him the best life possible. So you mentioned seven wide traffic on the freeway earlier. I'm almost hesitant to say this, but I'll draw the comparison anyways. We may see about seven wide traffic on the freeway down the back stretch at Talladega coming up at the end of the month, Zane. After Daytona not going how you wanted it to, are are you mentally prepared for a rebound there? Are you prepared to go and and tell the draft who's boss here and actually finish one of these things? Yeah. um, I mean... I think at Daytona, if if we led that thing, uh, we didn't get boxed down pit road, we'd have a, a huge shot at it. But Daytona is, it will never go that way ever. Something is always due nope. to happen, and uh, just like what happened, I was buying my business on the top, and uh, I forgot who it was, but they got hooked and decided to make a hard right down the <laughs> down the back stretch, and um, I got the worst end of the stick on that one. So hopefully uh, Talladega doesn't go that way, but there's really no safe spot there, and the I'd say the safest spot is leading the thing. So uh, that's my plan. I'm I, I'm gonna remind you, by the way, that uh, you say the safest spot is leading the thing, and the top four wrecked on the last lap in that race. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. are exceptions to every rule, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean. We could, I guess, the safest spot, if you think about it, is half a lap down on the other straightaway. But, <laughs> but, but we, but we all go for the win, and um, I, I sure, I know that I ain't going there for second. I, that's a, I'm going for it there. So, um, I mean, that's a, like I said, it's a crapshoot. Um, hopefully, I'm just uh, on the better end of the stick and the complete opposite of uh, Daytona. What have you most enjoyed so far about about the ARCA car? I mean, when when I first met you, you were in 
Bandoleros and Legends cars, and then we saw you have some success in the late model, but what is it about the ARCA car that seems to have fit you so well and gotten you back into a comfortable place? Yeah, um, I don't know, actually. The, that's a good question. The Like a mile and a half uh, racing is so cool to me. I, li- I like that. Um, but uh, some short tracks, like Toledo is so cool on an ARCA car, in my opinion. Like, you have to hustle that thing. And you guys, and we're just hauling the mail, so it's it's just like a, a cool feeling inside it. But um, way different than a super late model. A super late model uh, to be fast in those, you got to hustle it at a a really fast pace, especially in Southern Super Series or, or uh, like a car store or something like that, um, and still be able to manage tires. So that's the difference, I guess. Um, other than like Arco, where you get to come in and put four tires on the thing, that is. Uh, no bueno in a super late model. I wish it was. That <laughs> no would bueno. that'd be awesome. But but yeah, those are the difference. Uh, more of like an ARCA race is you've got to put everything together to win one. I kind of want to go back uh, to what we were talking about earlier because it kind of ties into your background. I know last year you had the uh, privilege uh, to run a track where the uh, NASCAR schedule is getting ready to do battle at uh, in that K&N car that's going to be Bristol. And you really, we talked about it before we went on air tonight, just uh, passing ideas back and forth. Talk about the the track surface, what it's like driving there. And, uh, you know, they, they put something on the track called the Bristol Bite. Does does that make a difference? How, how does that feel out there on the track? Yeah, it does. Um, Bristol is honestly one of my favorite tracks for sure. Probably top three. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's cool. I think Bristol is at its coolest with, uh, with a they call it. I think the I thought it was like the VHT or whatever, but on the very top, um, I think that is so cool. When like Xfinity was running right against the cushion there, I don't know. It just kind of throws into like a dirt track theme or whatever. You kind of do like the slide job to pass. Um, other like the K and N race, we were glued to the bottom and just driving that thing in buried on the chip so um <laughs> so i mean passing was very tough and uh i'll tell you what though bristol if you get going on a long green flag run you forget what straight away you're on it that's how uh I bet. like mind screwed you get but uh yeah it, it's definitely a really cool place i'd love to go back there did you run there with the short track nationals ran there or no no i wanted okay. to that would be so cool to go there in a super late model um but yeah, I I had went there uh, with uh, Bruce Cook and Calbury's Motorsports um, last year, and uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun. Okay, we're gonna have more with Zane Smith uh, as we continue on the Stock Car Show. But right now, we're going to step aside and let you hear some other voices. We'll be back. We got Zane. We've got uh, Kyle Zuzik coming up, and we've got Justin Bonsignor at the bottom of the hour as well. Stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show live on Spreaker and on the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct 
post it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Ben Rhodes with a 70s song in the background. Jim Croce, Bad Bad, Leroy Brown. We got Bad Bad Zane Smith with us in the studio with us. Uh, or at least he was bad fast at uh, Nashville last week. And now, Zane, you get to go to Salem, which is a whole different animal from Nashville. It's still They're both short tracks, but that's about where the comparison ends, really, isn't it? other than they're both ovals. Yeah. Yeah, Salem is a ton of fun. Uh, I love that place so much, and that place owes me one for sure. Uh, last year, I got passed with four to go. I want to say by Austin Terrio, yep. and, and uh, that would that would have been my first one right there. And it said uh, no thanks, to Zane. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, you were, I'm, I'm it taking was, it this time. If fate was saving it for a guitar, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess it, it's probably a cooler trophy, but. Sure. It, it would have been sweet to win at Salem uh, last year. and Just go do it this year. Yeah, exactly. And make it two in a row. That would be sweet. Yeah. Talk about the the next few tracks coming up on the, the, the schedule because I know we, we have Salem coming up. We got Talladega, Toledo, and then Charlotte. I'm personally really excited for Charlotte because that whole week is going to be crazy down there and going to be a whole uh, part of that. So, uh, you know, what are you looking forward to out of these next four races, I guess? Yeah, I mean, Salem, I'm super pumped for. Uh, Talladega, uh, I mean, it's kind of like the, we just talked about that. So <laughs> yeah. you just hope that's for the an, best when you when you, you roll on the gates hope there. Hope you're not spinning the wrong way. Exactly. Um, I guess the only spinning you're doing w- would be doing donuts, I guess, right after <laughs> you win the thing. But um, other than that, no thanks. So um, Charlotte, I am 
so pumped for. I got to do a couple laps of the test. Uh, place is a ton of fun. It's really tricky, actually, which you would never expect. Uh, one and two uh, is way tighter than you'd think on exit. And uh, through three and four is just, you're. it feels like you're on verge of spinning uh, pretty I, much every lap. So I, I kind of want to uh, ask you like a, a pipe dream question, I guess, because, you know, speaking of Charlotte, when we were down there for media tour, we got you know, flung around uh, by Jeff Burton around the Roval uh, there. Would you ever want to do some laps there? Because I know we were talking about road course racing earlier. Would you ever think to uh, to run some, you know, laps around the Roval? Do you think that would be something you'd be interested in? Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. I I love, like, the, the idea. Um, but I feel like that road course is a little bit too tight for the cup cars. Um, I feel like it's going to be awesome <laughs> yeah. to watch, but... But I feel like it was pretty. It was pretty tight when we were riding around in in that small Toyota Camry, even right. going around the track. So yeah, so you I can, can picture uh, just too wide through there is going to be tight, yeah. and I feel like too past there you're going to have to move them. And I don't know, it's going to make it interesting. But um, I, I love the idea. That is awesome. Something new um, brings more fans, I think, into the sport. Um, yeah, I'm pumped to watch it. And uh, but I guess I'll I'll start out on the the oval. Not the Zane. Ju- <laughs> Zane, you just made uh, a best friend out of Tom. I think he is also in agreement with you that it's too tight for the Cup cars, and he's not a believer. Which the, some of us disagree, but you know. Well, and, and listen, I'm hopeful. I want it to work. Obviously, I, I love everybody at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and and I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but. Oh yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you. Uh, go out there in a legend car when it's tight in a legend car. Imagine what it's like in a cup car. Yeah, I mean, you know, we did some laps in the pace car with Jeff Burton, so it yeah. was kind of like Chris, you know, because you were yeah. with me yeah. filming it. Uh, I was in the front seat holding the video camera and holding on to the little handle above For the door, dear life. just flinging us around through. That he was not holding any punches back, and you know, oh. we were talking to. Austin Sendrick a little bit throughout the day and he seems pretty optimistic for it because he was doing some laps there while we were there as well and he said that uh, he really liked the 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 Roval experience and he thought it was going to be good so there are people on both sides of the spectrum drivers and fans that think this could be good or bad for the want, well and, and of just course to, Austin's optimistic he's a road course guy yeah, yeah. exactly well and just to make it clear I hope I'm wrong <laughs> yeah. I want to be wrong yeah so badly. I, I think it's going to be sweet though it's going to be watch. fun to watch sure. yeah it's it, it, and I think you said it right Zane it's 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 a new experience. It's something different. So everybody's excited about it. Everybody's talking about it. And in that sense, Jacob, it's a good thing. Yeah, every, in that everyone. Sense, it's a great thing. As long as it's creating conversation, we are doing something right now. Zane, I, I'm curious because I, I don't feel like you've really touched on it yet outside of uh, some of the tracks we've talked about. But looking forward deeper into the ARCA schedule, where are you most excited to get to or get back to uh, as we get, I guess, a little deeper into the summer months? Yeah, it's um, a good question. I think Pocono, I, I really uh, am pumped to get back there. And uh, I want one there really bad. I think the victory lane there, everything's so cool. That's on my birthday. Um, yeah, I definitely Which Pocono want that race one. is on your birthday? June 9th is my birthday. There you so. go. So, yeah, I want that one. Um, I'm pumped to get to Gateway. Uh, I haven't been there, but it looks so awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much all of them. I'm, I'm ready. 
You didn't <laughs> run either of the dirt races last year, did you? No, I did not, but um, <laughs> that, that's going to be fun for sure. I'll have that's to... That's going to uh, take you back to your BMX days. Yeah, yeah, and the trophy cart days. Um, hopefully me and Shelton will be throwing some tank sliders on each other. <laughs> <laughs> A yeah. reminder to our listening audience that Sheldon Creed just about won the dirt race at, I think it was DeCoin last year, I think if I remember right. right. Yeah. I think you're yeah. right. I think it was DeCoin. Yeah, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. And I lo- see, I love that the ARCA series does that. I love that they run a couple dirt shows. I love that they go to such a mixture of different kinds of tracks. Um, and I love the fact that they brought in Charlotte this year because yeah, that's really cool. I think that's going to be it's great exposure for you guys as drivers, and it's great for the fans too because I know the fans love seeing Arca. Yeah, I think uh, they could add two more things. Um, one thing that would make Arca so cool is if they did like a little bit of a West Coast swing. But but first off, if they added a road course, I think that yes. they need road well, America. They, yeah, sure. this year I don't know why. I don't know what all the whys and wherefores, but I hope they yeah hope they bring a couple back. But, for next but year. I think a little West Coast swing would be so cool. Like you do a uh, um, like a little Vegas or uh, Phoenix, and uh, and maybe like a little short track is Irwindale, and um, and then I I think an Arca car at Auto Club would be so sweet. Ooh, Ooh that, that is that, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, Arca and Auto Club. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Dear Auto Club Speedway. Please, do this. Yeah, please. Yeah, Can we please? Um, yeah, you get some neat little bull rings out in the west yeah. end of things too. That would be interesting to, right. you know. I mean, you got even a track like Kern, or you know, you've got what? Where is it in Idaho that I'm thinking of? That's a small little. Um, Meridian. Meridian. Yeah, Mer- yeah. I mean, just some of those. I mean, it'd be fun. You're right. There's some really intriguing tracks out there for the series. I don't know why they don't go west other than maybe just, just cost. the cost of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but certainly uh, that's an interesting idea. But I love the road course idea. I hope they do that. Uh, before we get you out of here, uh, first things first, we give you a chance to give some shout outs because. I've known you long enough to know you've had a lot of people oh, yeah. that have been, in part, responsible for you climbing the ladder and being able to get to uh, where you are today. So give some shout-outs and some thank-yous first, and we'll yeah. go from there. Obviously, um, if you don't know me, um, I'm I'm one of them that has to uh, go off of sponsorship uh, dollars, I guess you could say. But um, And I've been so fortunate to have the people behind me that I've had since I've been seven years old. Um, and that is icon vehicle dynamics and La Paz Margarita mix, especially. And, uh, speed Vegas has been a huge, huge help, uh, this year. It's an awesome road course out. I just in, like that name. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool out in, uh, Las Vegas. And, um, you could like pretty much rent any car that you want to go on a road course. Like it's a, it was a really cool experience. And, uh, and ultra wheels helping out a lot this year. Um, and of course my mom and dad, um, they've been a huge help since day one. So, um, I've had a lot of good people behind me and I'll never be able to thank them enough. Okay. Now you, you mentioned something during the break that I want to talk about in the air. Cause it's just cause it's cool. You mentioned that you'd actually been to Joey Logano's, uh, I guess his house or wherever his shop. And you yeah. saw all of the, the cool cars he's got. Talk yeah. about his car collection a little bit. Yeah. So, um, NASCAR next brought us there and uh we did a cool little deal where he talks to us and just I don't know kind of gives us gives us advice and um 
probably one of the coolest dudes I've ever met, for sure. Um, and his car collection is uh, A-plus, for sure. Uh, he's got his coolest one, in my opinion, is the Jeep that goes in the water. Um, how that is that's just so sweet. I mean, like whenever there's traffic, gotta love that, right? No worry, we'll we'll go to the boat ramp right here and drive this thing in the water. <laughs> and imagine how many people you could like scare, just go wide open right into the water, just cut across the water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure that was quite an experience. Yeah. Real quick, we've got about a minute. Just talk about NASCAR Next a little and what it did, what it's done for you. Yeah, NASCAR Next has has been a huge uh, huge deal. Um, they they've been so awesome all the people over there uh they've taught us very well of how to speak better in front of a camera on on radio shows podcasts whatever you name it and um and really just they've taught us so much about which people do not realize about our sport how much there is into it and um for people that actually need to work uh themselves for um to find sponsorship and and so much other there's so much more to it than just wheeling the thing on the track. It's a whole other job off the track. And uh, at least I'm realizing that at 18 other than later on. But um, hopefully I can uh, get a hold of it and um, just nail it. I mean, um, hopefully just uh, I could do, do the best I can on and off the racetrack. And uh, hopefully one day I'll pay off. Well, Zane, we want to thank you for taking an hour to come in and talk with us. Honestly, yeah. we've been doing the show a while and had a lot of young racers and not so young racers, but um, this is one of the most entertaining and enjoyable interviews we've done on this show in a long time. So yeah, great thank job. you guys for having me. Yeah, we we'd love to have you back again. Yeah, for sure. hopefully we're doing some like win interviews again. Yeah, if you win Salem, we'll bring you back. We'll Sweet. just do the tour again. So, uh, all right, that is Zane Smith. We're going to step aside. When we come back, our two kicks in, and you're going to hear from Kyle Susan. We're going to be talking about how doggone cold it was at the Thompson Icebreaker, and you're going to hear about the results from there. We got Justin Bonson. You are coming up as well, and I promise we've got. Got the newswire that'll come up a little later in the show we're going to talk restrictor plates at charlotte huh yeah we'll tell you about that a little later you're listening to the stock car show presented by our good friends at hms motorsport who by the way have a jeeps and coffee saturday morning at 8 a.m bright and early at their mooresville location hms motorsport in mooresville jeeps and coffee huge four by four show there come out and check it out we'll be there looking forward to it we'll tell you more about it here in a little while we'll step aside back with more of the show hour two coming up right after this you own a performance car and you know how to drive but you want to learn real performance driving well bunky get that car off the street and onto the track summit point motorsports park the mid-atlantic's premier road racing facility located just over an hour from dc in nearby summit point west virginia is the place to go and you'll find that friday at the track is going to give you what you need for less than a monthly car payment you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of summit point's three world-class road racing circuits you'll receive classroom instruction skid pad instruction in their cars including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. 
Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. If you have got a driver safety need, make sure you go to HMS Motorsport. They have everything that you need to be as safe as possible on the racetrack no matter what it is that you're racing tom baker jacob sealman and company and we are joined by our new england correspondent who also writes for our friends at area auto racing news and is a member of the nascar home tracks pr team kyle souza kyle (laughs) are you thought out yet because I was watching the temperatures. In fact, I think, didn't you all have snow uh, of some sort on uh, the weekend at Thompson for the icebreaker up there? Oh, what an interesting weekend. Uh, Just put it that way. Uh, Friday arrived at the track, uh, you know, just to to get a sense of what was going on as the haulers were parking. And yeah, heavy, heavy, heavy snow. Uh, Enough to kill my visibility uh, driving to the facility on Friday uh, didn't stick that much, you know, an inch or two, but enough to, to hurt the vis- visibility on the road. And then I was at the track for two or three hours, turned around, started heading back home and the sun was out shining and everything had melted. So, uh, <laughs> what a turnaround. And then we, you know, we obviously ran the icebreaker on Saturday sure. and Sunday before we talk about what happened though, uh, kudos to the staff there at Thompson, a phenomenal job by Josh Vanad and his staff. First of all, to even make an attempt to get the race in, looking at the forecast that was in the the low 40s with a wind chill of 10 that, you know, made it down in the high 20s yeah. at certain times. And secondly, uh, not only for doing that, but also, again, putting on a phenomenal weekend of racing with, you know, 10 or so divisions on tap. Phenomenal weekend is exactly what it was. And, of yes. course, all of it led by the Wheeling Modified Tour in which, doggone, Jacob, we almost had two in a row for John McKennedy, but not quite. We almost had two in a row for John McKennedy until we didn't, Kyle. Five laps to go, and the picture pops across my Twitter via NASCAR home tracks that 
poor old John is out of poor old fuel. And Jacob's heart, poor old broke at that point. I'm just like, no, no, this is supposed to be storybook. And it wasn't. But it's kind of okay because at the end of it, we still saw a long windless drought busted. Yeah, so I mean, if you had, if you had a chance to check out NASCAR home tracks earlier in the week, Jacob, I put together three things that we needed to know, uh, leaving Thompson's icebreaker. One of them being that John McKennedy is a serious title threat on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, and I think the last time we had talked, it was up in the air if McKennedy was going to run full time. Well, he ended up talking to some media outlets up here over the course of the last week, saying that's the plan; they're going to go for it and go full time, and he may have to run his own car with a seven body on it. Uh, a couple of times throughout the year, but this was really an opportunity for him to cement himself as the favorite in race two. And I know that sounds a little silly, but he won Myrtle beach. Yeah. And at the icebreaker, you know, he leads almost the most laps, you know, the second most laps and he's in position to win the race with five laps to go. And talking to Justin Bonsignor after the race in the press box, after he captured the checkered flag, Tom, it seemed to him like, you know what? John was going to be on the outside for that restart. I probably wasn't going to be able to get around him. So he even said that he thought McKennedy was well on his way to the second win. Uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes a pit crew makes a mistake on pit road, and it seems like that's what happened here. Man, well, it's always eventful, isn't it? And uh, I don't think it, it, it didn't take but a lap or two, did it, to get real eventful at uh, the icebreaker for the wheeling tour. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, lap one, turn three, uh, we talked about Justin Bonsignor winning the race. Well, he was uh, inside the second row at the green flag. He drove into turn three a little bit too hard, uh, and he called it after the race actually a dumb move on his part. But unfortunately, he locked up the brakes, slid up the racetrack, and it created a chain reaction of drivers trying to hang on. Well, unfortunately, uh, some of them didn't make it through it, and one of them being Max Zackham. Uh, Preston, Connecticut native, unfortunately going to be out of action for a little bit. He has an injury uh, to his hand and his thumb uh, that stemmed from that incident on lap one. So, uh, yeah, it didn't take long for things to to have some crazy action right at the beginning. And really throughout the whole race, it wasn't one of the cleanest icebreakers that I've seen uh, in my history there at Thompson. It was probably one of the more chaotic. Uh, And, Jacob, I know you probably saw it by now via Twitter and a lot of the fans, obviously, in attendance. Uh, the place was pretty silent for a while. We saw Jimmy Blewett's car uh, ride the turn one fence and then drop onto its roof in the center of turn one and two and a couple scary moments there uh, in the second half. Yeah, when I saw the photo that Blewett's car was upside down, I thought to myself, uh, this is going to be a long day. That is literally yeah, f- what came out of my mouth. Yeah, unfortunately for Jimmy... Uh, car pretty much toast at this point they're working to get that machine back underway uh but you know the major story out of the weekend guys obviously got to be justin bonsignor yeah Uh, a brand new combination this year switching to lfr chassis switching his crew chief to ryan stone and and for those who don't know stone was actually in the nascar xfinity series recently uh as a mechanic on one of justin allgaier's cars at junior motorsports and stone really declined the offer the first time that bonsignor and his team offered it to him over the winter saying he wasn't ready to do it. Well, it didn't take long for them to convince him. And then they got on the phone with Rob Fuller and, and everything else is basically history. Jacob, you were at Myrtle Beach. You saw how strong he was there. Definitely one of the cars that could have won the opener there. At Thompson, he didn't have the best car, but he had a car that was good enough to be in the right position at the right time and break a windless drought that I know was only 
dating back to October of 2016, but for somebody that had won races constantly over the last couple of years, it was different to not see him in the winner's circle last year. It really was, and I know this was important for Justin, Tom, to get back to victory lane. I mean, he didn't win last year, but he proved for a while he was a title threat. But we've learned on this NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour that in order to win a championship, you got to be able to win races. He couldn't do that last year, but he's done it now. And we've seen the past couple years, as Kyle noted on a previous show leading into the icebreaker, to win the icebreaker usually means that you're in contention to win the championship when we come back to Thompson at the end of the year for the World Series. This is a good sign of things to come, I think, for Team 51. Well, I think that the good sign is they've got an LFR chassis because those chassis, those cars seem to be, and I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to disrespect any other car builders or whatever but the lfr seem like the hot hand right now and you saw what happened when doug kobe went to an lfr we've seen other drivers go to lfr cars and even in the late models lfr is the hot hand i mean they just build great stuff so i think that change of chassis change of crew chief you know now all of a sudden justin bond senior has put himself in a position kyle to up his program a level which should put him in the category to run with Ryan Priest to run with Doug Kobe you know and have a chance to actually outrace them on the racetrack a lot of what Justin got in terms of points over the last couple years was consistency now if he can come out win a couple two three more races he's going to be right in the thick of it throughout the season for the championship. And that's, I think, uh, the chassis and the, and the crew chief change could be the difference in, you know, upping his game a little bit this year um, and putting him in that position to actually outrace some of these other teams for the title. Yeah, I think that's a major storyline that I take from this weekend. And, you know, I know a lot of things happen. I know John McKennedy obviously showed that he's going to be a threat throughout the year. Uh, but I did not personally expect Bonsignor Stone and the LFR guys to get him in victory lane in the second race together. And, and to me, it's a major, major statement by them that they are here to play. Uh, they are here to stay. And they know that over the last couple of years, realistically, he probably could have won the championship a couple of those times if things would have went a little bit differently in one of the two of those races. Right. Uh, I, I think that he is going to be the guy uh, that's going to be in contention with Doug Kobe going down the end of the season. And I think you're right. The crucial part of this is him winning. Uh, if you're going to beat Doug Kobe, you're going to have to beat him on the racetrack when it comes to the end of the season. And we really haven't seen many people be able to go one-on-one -on -one with him at the end of a race and score a victory other than Ryan Priest lately. So uh, maybe Timmy Salamito as well. But I, I think that Bonsignor really showed on Sunday that they are back. Uh, he is really, really excited. They were thrilled that they were able to take the win, obviously, uh, in the icebreaker. And another quick tidbit with that, that was his sixth Thompson win, uh, which pushes him to the most Thompson wins among all active drivers. And wow. I didn't know that going into Sunday. That took me a minute to figure out after the race. But uh, Doug Kobe's got five, Bobby Santos has five, and Priest has four. So six Thompson wins now for Justin Bonsignor and a place to, and a kid that grew up on the the short tracks and the bow rings of Riverhead Jacob going to Thompson and finding success there and really showing us that Ryan Stone may be exactly what he needed to push him to that next level.
All right, so I'm going to ask you really quickly, going back to the first lap incident and all the equipment that got torn up there, Kyle, is it a good thing that this year's NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour schedule doesn't start as heavy early on as it has in previous years, that besides the Sizzler, we don't have a lot going on until the month of June because of all the things that are going to need to get fixed? Well, I, I think under that, you know, you look at it that way, yeah. I think it's very possible that uh, this is a good opportunity for the teams to have a break, uh, really, and get their cars back together if they need to. I know, obviously, Zach, I'm going to be out a little bit longer. But uh, looking forward, Jacob, I think that month off uh, really could kill somebody's momentum, <laughs> honestly. Uh, a guy like Bonsi or go into the Sizzler and finish third and have three top fives, and that month off could not be what he wants to see. It may be what somebody like Timmy Salomito wants to see. And that's another tidbit uh, that we can touch on as well. Salomito had a rough icebreaker crashing twice. I know he finished 10th, but he has not been as strong as I expected him to be in the first two races Uh, that month off. I don't know. I'm a little skeptical on it. I think for some people it's going to help for others. It could kill the opportunity uh, to, to roll with momentum. We talk about it almost every week on the show, but racing really, really, really requires that momentum that you need uh, to get to the next race and be on top of your game. You know, it really is a two-headed coin because, or two-sided coin, because, you know, on one hand, I agree, if somebody's running well and in a groove, you don't want to give them too much time off. But on the other hand, given uh, the situation at Thompson and coming off of Myrtle Beach, and maybe a month off's not bad, and it gives it a little chance to get warmer up north and get rid of old man winter, who doesn't seem to want to let up this year anywhere, including here in the south, where it was snowing in Martinsville uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and they had flurries in Nashville at the ARCA race last week. So it just doesn't want to give up. While we sort out the meteorological issues, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we've got more with Kyle Souza here on the Stock Car Show as we continue to talk to Thompson Icebreaker. You're listening to the show on Spreaker and on the PMN Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. 
But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Back to the show. The Stock Car Show presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, etc., along with Kyle Souza, our current guest for Hang on uh, a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Who is et cetera? Et cetera. It's ensemble, the rest of the cast. <laughs> you completely missed the joke. Get back to the show. I was trying to be funny, and you just completely well, screwed it up. you failed. Back to the show. Okay, Kyle Souza, let's see if we can uh, save this ship here with a little more discussion about the Thompson Icebreaker. And I, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm not really too surprised that uh, Derek Griffith won the pass opener. Um. I'm less surprised that Keith Rocco won the SK season opener, but in both cases, I mean, these are stacked fields. They earned those victories. This is another opportunity for us to talk about Derek Griffith. Yeah, uh, Jacob, I think we had talked about him last week. Yeah, uh, we, we did. Quite a lot. The icebreaker. And we had also talked about DJ Shaw uh, as somebody that we thought might have a shot at winning the race. Well, yeah, it comes shocker down to... that both of those came into contention. Yeah, so it comes down to the second half of the race. Uh, well, really, lap 29 of 100 on a restart uh, where Griffith winds up alongside DJ Shaw. Uh, and for those who don't know, the preferred lane at Thompson a little bit different than other tracks. And really, the preferred lane is actually the top groove uh, there. Well, unfortunately for DJ Shaw, he decided to pick the bottom. And it put Derek Griffith in a position where he was in the outside lane where he wanted to be. Uh, and he found himself at the front of the field very quickly. Uh, and then from there was really not challenged in route to that victory. Uh, I know last week we had talked about Jacob, that guys like Derek Randstrom would be a threat. Guys like Ben Rowe would be a threat. However, I was really honestly disappointed uh, with the effort that Ben Rowe put together. He was lapped uh, during that race, very off for what we're typical of seeing Ben Rowe. Wait a minute. Uh, Randstrom was running inside the top five when he had a mechanical failure that forced him to pull off. He wasn't going to win, but he was going to finish in the top five as well. And another guy that I think we thought may have had a shot at winning going in was Garrett Hall. And Garrett Hall was way off as well on the setup on his number 94. So, again, an opportunity for us to to look at this and say, you know what, sometimes the guys that are normally at the front of the pack just don't make it happen uh, certain times. And this another weekend where – uh, some guys just a little bit off on the setup. And at a place like Thompson, when you're a little bit off, you're really a lot off uh, because Griffith was so good on Sunday afternoon. Jacob, didn't Ben kind of struggle at Hickory a little bit too more than usual? Answer, yes. Yeah, okay. 
Just saying, and this is one of those where I stop and ask myself, are we in the twilight zone? Did Ben Rose somewhere along the way, like, not actually win five past national championships? This just shouldn't happen, but I'm going to equate it, Kyle, to something that we've seen in the higher levels. Ben Rose kind of struggling like Jimmy Johnson's kind of struggling right now. Just a little. <laughs> well, so, Jacob, I mean, I know these Super Late Models a little bit from talking to drivers up here uh, and actually had the chance to sit down with Travis Benjamin on Sunday morning, the defending uh, Pro All-Star Series North champion. And when I sat down and talked to him, he was actually in a little bit of a rough situation strictly because he had a crate motor at Thompson instead of an open motor. Uh, and he knew he wasn't going to be as strong as he probably should have been just because strictly of the crate motor. Well, when talking to Travis, I was talking about, you know, there's been this evolution. You know, I look at it this way. There's been an evolution in technology uh, over the last decade or so. You know, we've turned from from newspapers to online media uh, such as us right here at Race Chaser Media. But looking at the, the setup aspect of it, unfortunately, Ben Rose setups are kind of a little bit outdated. Everybody's kind of updated to the new uh, soft spring big bar front ends. And for fans that don't know, that means a bigger sway bar with softer springs to get the car lower to the ground to make sure it turns and, and basically it's sealed off to the to the surface. And unfortunately for Ben, I think they've struggled to change over to that setup and, and find something that's good as a baseline. And this is not something that's that's new, uh, him struggling, Tom. Unfortunately, it's been a, a – yeah. it, you know, it's basically been something that's been going on for a year or two. And it's funny that you acclimate it to Jimmy Johnson because I do see some similarities there. Well, you know, drivers get comfortable with a certain type of feel. And that generally comes from a specific setup or type of setup – and when you go from, let's say, you know, one type of spring to another or, you know, one type of suspension setup to another or you start to bump stop or whatever the, the situation might be, when you change something like that, it changes the feel to the driver. And the driver almost has to go back to square one again and learn how to drive the car with that setup and listen to what the car needs from, from him. And, you know, anyone who's done any type of driver coaching understands that when you drive a race car, you're driving based on subconscious programming. It, it's just that repetition over the course of years. And you have to really throw all that out and go right back to the basics. And that can be difficult. We saw Junior, for example, just to go back to a cup analogy, when Junior went, when they went to the, 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 um, Oh, what were they? The car of tomorrow, COTs. Junior yeah. was lost because he he had he didn't have the feel he was used to, and then eventually, as the cars evolved more, that it they kind of came back to the setup that Junior was comfortable with, and he was better able to regain that his footing with it. You know, tough tough deal for Ben. I, you know, he's a great guy, and he's certainly accomplished a ton in the sport. So, Kyle, hopefully uh, he can find what he needs to be able to be fast again and start contending. You know, it's tough to see him running in the middle or the back of the pack the way uh, he has lately. I, I think that's a fair statement, and I think uh, Griffith is, is really not struggling at all. Uh, they are on top of their game, and they really have been ever since they unloaded in January. Yeah. For the Red Eye 100 at New Smyrna, they finished second there. I know he had an off-speed weeks for his standards. Uh, talking to him, they weren't really sure what was going on. And then one night, they found that the chassis was uh, actually broken in one spot. So they had it fixed, and then they finished third 
later that night at Smyrna. So, I mean, you know, say what you want, but that may have been a factor there. And then he goes down to Dylan Jacob, where you were last week, uh, and, and basically, you know, whoops the field in the final lap. So that went to take down the pro all-star series win there and then comes up here and, and puts on a clinic. He was, that was definitely the best performance I've seen out of a super late model at Thompson in a long time. And I know after the race, when I asked him if he had anything left in the tank, he smiled and said, no, I was giving it all out, but something tells me that he could have gone even faster if he needed to. And that that's a scary thought with how good that car looked. You're surprised. Just saying Uh, you're really surprised. Well, I was, I was a little bit surprised. Honestly, I knew Griffith was going to be strong. I expected somebody to be close. Uh, And DJ Shaw was close. A little bit further off, though. Not as close as he probably should have been if he wanted to to take the win. But uh, Griffith wins the pass race. And then, Tom, you mentioned as well Keith Rocco opening the Sunoco modified season there with a victory coming off a championship again last year. Uh, And much like Griffith, really a dominant performance. Rocco started third, uh, drove up to second very early in the race, and then found himself passing Todd Owen at just about halfway. We had talked last year when Rocco won all three Connecticut State uh, track championships in the SK Modifieds across the the entire state, and we said that it was going to be tough for him to replicate that again this year. Well, one SK race under his belt and one victory. Yeah, that's uh... – I just think, I mean, again, when you think about Keith Rocco and SK Modifieds, I mean, he's the king. That's if you're going to win a championship, you go through Keith Rocco. I mean, he he just knows the deal and he's still as good as he's ever been. And maybe in a a sense, getting better with age. I mean, it's just going to be tough to knock him off the perch up there, I think, though. That is certainly a competitive group in New England. The SKs, every bit the measure of the wheel and modified tour, and maybe more so. Uh, and these guys, when they race, I mean, you know, that old phrase, the chrome horn, they use those up there in that division. Yeah, he's. it's definitely an opportunity, though, for, for a young gun to kind of make his point on the NASCAR Wheeler Modified Sure tour, is. Like Ronnie Williams that came out of SK Modifieds at Stafford and almost won Sunday's Icebreaker 150. Uh, Ronnie Williams, a good example of somebody that's running the SK, kind of watched what Keith has done and then taken that next move up to the NASCAR Wheeler Modified Tour. And I know Keith uh, has tried some tour racing in the past. I don't think for one second that he can't make that happen. I think that uh, he knows, and he said this before, that he doesn't have the 100% resources that right. he needs to go after a full-time tour effort. And that's very, very understandable. Obviously, it takes a lot of funding, a lot of sponsorship, a lot of help, and a lot of full-time work uh, that goes into these NASCAR wheel and modified tour cars if you want to run at the front. So uh, Rocco, not obviously off to a bad start there, winning the Sunoco Modified feature. A couple other tidbits there from Icebreaker Weekend. Todd Bertrand picking up the win. Uh, in Saturday's Nima Light feature, good to see him back in the winner's circle. Uh, a sportsman feature Saturday night that was a thriller. Uh, Scott Sardinsky Sr. picking up the win there uh, and showing a lot of emotion in victory lane. If you're friends with me on Facebook or follow my Twitter account, you'll see the photo I took in victory lane. Pure emotion uh, from Scott after taking the checkered flag there. Uh, Griffith, we mentioned, and Rocco winning Sunday along with Sean Monahan in the limited sportsman, William Wall in the late models, and Eric Burgoyce in the mini stocks, concluding that Sunday uh, train of victories. But 
Overall, guys, a phenomenal icebreaker weekend. Definitely a little bit chilly for the fans in the grandstands. Uh, I was outside for a lot of the weekend handling social media, uh, both for NASCAR home tracks and Thompson Speedway. I hope that you followed along with me and uh, looking forward to to hitting the track again soon. You mentioned, Jacob, though, that we've got the whole month of May off for the Wheel Modified Tour. So next up on the calendar is the Napa Spring Sizzler uh, at Stafford Motor Speedway at the end of the month. Well, uh, hopefully, of course, you got Seekonk uh, open practice this weekend, too. And hearing that temperatures are supposed to be in the 70s for that. So maybe you can put away your snow boots for a while. Well, I might be able to break out the basketball shorts to walk around the pit area Saturday. We'll see. That's because that's what the weather does this time of year. Just wait five minutes and it'll change. With that, we'll say goodbye to Kyle Susan and look forward to talking with him next week. And we will step aside more of the Stock Car Show just around the turn. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport live on Spreaker and the voice of Motorsports, the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD. The entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, 
Don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. And Saturday morning, this coming Saturday morning, April the 14th, from 8 a.m. to noon, at their Mooresville location, right here in Mooresville, North Carolina, HMS Motorsport is holding Jeeps and coffee. All kinds of stuff going on that is around the 4x4 sort of industry um, with uh, some folks with good knowledge and uh, things happening there. Uh, lots of Jeeps and it should be fun. Come on out and join us. We will be there. We will not be on the air, but uh, Chris Murdoch and I will be there and uh, shooting some video and such and having some fun. So uh, 8 a.m. to noon on Saturday, this Saturday, April the 14th. Now, we'll uh, resume the Stock Car Show and continue our conversation about the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tours icebreaker at Thompson. And we've got the winner on the Race Chaser bat phone with us right now. So let's bring him out. Justin Belfiore, uh, Justin Bonsignor. Wow. Took me back to the super modified days. Justin Bonsignor, I say again, is back with us here on the uh, Stock Car Show. Sorry about that, Justin, but the good news is he was as much of a wheelman as you. That sounds good. A pleasure to be back on. Thanks. Well, we're glad to have you and congratulations on a uh, big win. Talk about that race because i mean the drama started right away on the first lap and you know if if uh i guess if you're gonna run a modified race at thompson you gotta expect some uh turmoil and some caution flags and whatever but boy uh you've really uh got to be pleased with your result and with a lot that you've got going on this season yeah without a doubt you know we uh, had a lot of changes over the off season and you know, to get off to a good start like this so far with a top five and a win means uh, means a lot, and it just shows uh, how good of a program we have and what Ryan Stone is, is building with uh, with the LFR car. So it's uh, it's exciting times. Um, hopefully, we can just keep it rolling for for some time. Well, you know, it's it's been interesting because you you had some change in the off season. I think talk a little bit about uh, what was what uh, you did over the winter to try to kind of step your program up a bit. Yeah, so, um, you know, at the end of last season, we obviously had some struggles. Uh, we had lost our full-time employee um, at the end of 16 and uh, made some changes for the start of 17. It didn't work out and brought Billy back in to help us get through the season. And, you know, at the end of the year, we, we realized that we needed a, a full-time full-time crew chief to be able to, to run with the likes of uh, of the two, the 16, the six guys like that. So, um, you know, we we had offered the position back to Bill to come back full-time, unfortunately, uh, his life going and, and family life he wasn't able to come back so we we had to go in a different direction and that's when we started uh making some phone calls and you know we got on the phone with ryan stone and um took a little while but uh between that and robbie filler with lfr we were able to put a deal together to uh nice. to make the swap and have ryan come back to the northeast and get back into the modified series and um it's uh it's been a really good transition so far we're having a lot of fun and uh, everybody's getting along well with ryan he fits right into our race team so um, it's been a really good uh, good start to the season. We were kind of 
kind of curious to see how it gets started, um, you know, right out of the box with minimal testing. But um, so far, so good. I'm, I'm really pleased with the results and I'm looking forward to just keep uh, keep going and keep testing and, and going to the next race. Justin, what's the chemistry been like so far between you and Ryan? Obviously, a win is a huge uh, boon for everybody on the team. But uh, what do you feel like uh, he brings to the table, uh, the driver-crew chief relationship that has gotten you guys off to a quick start and gotten you guys clicking so well? Uh, it's just his preparation. Uh, you know, we, we kind of put the deal together late, right around the holidays, and he came home right after the new year. And uh, the cars are ready to start being assembled, and, and he, he really just he, he got them done really quick and, and ready to go, and then we moved into a shop, and it's just his worth ethic, worth ethic and his dedication to everything. He, um, he he just he gets everything done, you know, right away. He's not sitting around waiting. He's just uh, he's on the go at all times, and, you know, we've, we've hit it off. I've known Ryan a long time, um, always been friends with him. Um, obviously, now that friendship is growing and, and getting better, we, we talk on the phone, you know, usually every day um and obviously we hang out a bunch at the races and, and and during the week sometimes when i can get up to the shop and whatnot so um it's been a really good really good transition so far i'm really excited to keep working with him he's a great guy fit, like i said he fits in with the team he's a jokester he likes to have fun but he also knows when to uh when to be serious and when it's time to go racing well, uh, when it was time to go racing Sunday at Thompson, you were in the right place at the right time to capitalize on opportunity. Uh, the closing laps, it looked like John McKennedy was going to go out and school all of you guys and go two for two. What's going through your mind when he runs out of fuel and all of a sudden it's a whole new ball game and you realize in that moment, we have a shot to win this thing? Yeah, I mean, with um, you know, with 30 or 40 to go, you know, Chase got penalized, and that kind of opened the door for us. Uh, you know, knowing that the 15 kind of had the field covered, but um, you know, I thought we could run with the seven, and um, there was just so many cautions at the end that it kind of played into our hands because we pitted early and went for the track position, and um, there was a bunch of other guys, you know, on fresh tires, but with so many yellow flags, they just uh, they couldn't they couldn't get enough green laps to get back to the front. Um, and then, you know, we were, we were side by side with John with eight to go and the yellow come out for the lead. Um, and then on that ensuing, what was going to be the ensuing restart, he runs out of fuel under caution. So, um, I really think we, we had a good shot at going for the win there. Um, if it stayed green, um, but, um, yeah, hindsight, he would have ran out of fuel either way. So, um, it went from, uh, how are we going to get the lead to how are we going to hold the lead on the last restart? And, uh, you know, we were able to get a good, good launch on the last screen white checkered and then, uh, you know, just had to protect the bottom on the last lap of uh, from Ronnie Williams trying to get past us. And, you know, we were able to save the car when he got into the back of us and then, you know, bring it back to the checkered for the win. So it was uh, an eventful day for sure, um, but uh, I'm glad that we were able to come out on top. It had been almost two years, Justin. I know a drought can sometimes wear on a driver, but uh, you and I talked even at Myrtle Beach when I was down there, uh, and, and you had a big smile on your face. I could feel the optimism going into this season. With all the change, everything that you guys did to really get back into championship contention, do, does this win feel like the, the payoff for, I don't want to say going out on a limb and trying to make it all work, but the extra oomph that you guys put into it during this off season? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, you know, we, we wanted to get off to a fast start, and, you know, so far we have. But, uh, you know, you go into it not knowing what you're going to have and, and a little bit of concern, but um, I'm really 
I was really confident the whole time that Ryan was going to have great cars, and I was really confident the LFR car was going to come out of the box great, and it's it's really it's exceeded those expectations so far. You know, Myrtle Beach we had, I felt, one of the best cars, um, just unfortunately didn't get the win. Um, and then up here at Thompson, you know, we had a really good test. We practiced well. Just uh, probably one adjustment away from maybe saying having one of the better cars, but we were definitely a third, second or third place car, and then, you know, people put themselves in bad positions, whether it was jumping a start or, you know, unfortunately, John ran out of fuel. So, you know, we were still in position to capitalize on other people's misfortunes, and that's the days that you need to win the race when you don't have the best car. So um, I'm really optimistic of, uh, of everything that we have going right now, and uh, it's just a shame the next race is three weeks away. So I wish it was, uh, wish it was tomorrow. Like Jacob said, it was really cool to see you get that win, especially early on in the season, Justin. Let's let's talk about the season a little bit here. I know you guys go back to Thompson a few times during uh, during this uh, long season, and you know you got a few of my favorite tracks on there: New Hampshire, uh, Bristol. You even head up to to where Tom's from with Oswego uh, up there. So. That should be a whole lot of fun. What are you looking forward to this season, especially with, I guess, that monkey off your back uh, with with getting that win this season? I'm really excited to uh, to get back to Stafford and, and New Hampshire. Um, I really feel like the LFR car uh, might be able to, uh, you know, kind of get me a little better at, at some of those racetracks. And, uh, you know, I've, I've never gotten a win at Stafford, so I'm, I'm really optimistic going into Stafford that we'll have a good shot at it with a, with a good race car. But, um you know, there's definitely a lot of other circumstances that go into winning these races with pitch strategy and, and just, you know, so many other things. So, um, you know, the whole series, I love every race track on the schedule. There's not a track I don't like. Um, but, uh, you know, really just looking forward to the next one, and then we'll move on from there. So we're just going to go out and do the best we can, win hopefully some more races. If not, I, um, you know, it was good to get back into victory lane. But I'm really confident in my team and, and everything we have going that we can, you know, hopefully get a couple victories this year and get back to, you know, being one of those front runners on a weekly basis, that would be, uh, that would be more than anything to me. Justin, you just talked about never having won at Stafford. I feel like this month for you is kind of a tale of two racetracks because you've never won at Stafford on the tour. And yet when you look at Thompson, your win on Sunday in the icebreaker made you the active wins leader with, uh, I think six victories at Thompson, most among any driver in the current field. I mean, what is it about the five-eighths mile that has just fit what you do in the tour car? Um, I mean, more than anything, we've always had really good race cars there. Um, but I just always felt comfortable as well. You know, the, obviously when the car is not great, you're not going to be able to go out and win races. But, um, you know, we've always had really good cars, and they just were always – you know, easy to drive with speed in them, you know, we, and I, it was, it was just comfortable to drive, you know, and you get, you have to drive Thompson so aggressively and drive it into the corner so deep. And the car was just always underneath me. Um, you know, we probably could have a few more wins there, honestly, but, uh, you know, we just, we've always had good stuff. And, um, you know, when you, when you take to a place and you have something that works, you just keep going back with it, tinkering with it here and there. And, and that's what we did for a long time. And then, you know, right away when we tested a couple of weeks ago, um, right off the trailer, I could tell that we were going to have that type of type of race car, and obviously it paid off for us. So, um, on the other hand, Stafford's a track that I've, I've I've struggled at. You know, I don't have a win, but I've been close a few times. So I'm excited to um, to see if we can maybe take that next step when we go there in two weeks. 
Well, we certainly uh, look forward to what you're going to do the rest of the season. Uh, like I, I said earlier with the LFR chassis now and uh, just the new situation that you've got surrounding you, it, it seems like you've got an opportunity to uh, to really contend for the championship in even more of a, a, a prominent way than you know you even have the last year or two and finally get that championship that I believe you so definitely deserve so i know you can't do this alone so this is where we give you an opportunity to uh shout out thank you and acknowledge those who helped make it happen for justin belfi uh justin bonsi wow that's what happens when you get old <laughs> no obviously you can't do it without great great uh great sponsors you know like phoenix communications back on board for their second full-time season uh we couldn't do it without them for sure um, obviously, Ken Engineer Massive M3 Technologies been with them since the start. They've owned and operated this team since since the beginning of 2010. I'm really thankful for LFR and Robbie Fuller for everything they've done for us uh, this week, this season so far, and, and Robert Yates Racing Engines, uh, and David Lewis, and everything they do there. And ton of great product sponsors along the way. We got uh, Bassett Wheels, Draco Springs, uh, Brown and Miller Racing, FK Rod Ends, Hocon, uh, Hocon Gas. Uh, just so many great people that help us out, and uh, you know, it's a team effort. And I can't thank my guys enough for all they do as well. Um, it's just uh, it's gonna be a long season, but we're we think we're up for the challenge, and hopefully we can just continue to have good runs each week and you know have fun along the way. Okay, this time I'm gonna read it just to make sure. Justin Monsignor, thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Apologies on the name there, but uh, we certainly do wish you well the rest of the season and uh, look forward to hopefully having you back. Uh, and I promise I will pronounce the name correctly from now on. Now, hopefully, we can come back on. It means we're winning races, so it'll That's be a pleasure sure. to come back. Hopefully, thanks, Justin. With that, we're going to step aside when we come back. The uh, the lightning round. I think I've been struck by lightning already, but we're going to have a lightning round when we come back, and we're going to talk restrictor plates at Charlotte. Yep. You heard me correctly. Restrictor plates at Charlotte right around the turn here on the Stock Car Show. You're listening to the show live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I've built my life around you. Stop.
stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on Spreaker and on the Performance Motorsports Network, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch, and of course, behind the glass is Bill Holtz from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, and I uh, want to thank our guest from tonight, uh, Zane Smith and Justin Bonsignor. Uh, we are now going to talk NASCAR at Charlotte. This is our lightning round, our final segment uh boy oh boy restrictor plates charlotte motor speedway two things i thought i would never hear in the same sentence chris murdoch but it's really happening at the all-star race well i think the way that nascar is approaching this is perfect the way they're testing it not you know doing a points race not just throwing it out there and being oh here we go we're gonna try this uh they're doing like they're doing you know, for a million dollars they're gonna <laughs> test it during the uh the uh the all-star race and i think it's perfect and i mean it's the same style of format that the xfinity cars ran at indy and we know how well that race went for them that was such a phenomenal race when they tied tried that out so i'm kind of optimistic it, it, it's still in the, the gray stages you know i i, I read a report uh, about it when it when it first came out and you know it's i mean it, it sounds good to me i guess i mean it, it seems like it could be good but with them testing it on a uh on a non-points paying race is is a good way to to you know take out the hit or miss uh factor and it. it's not going to be for points so i mean i'm all for it gonna be very interesting jacob i i just look at this and you know it's always kind of a a puzzling aspect that NASCAR decides to use the all-star race as kind of the guinea pig 
I get what Chris said. It's not a points race. Ironically, they're not testing the Roval at the All-Star race. They're just making it a playoff race. So um, kind of going against the grain. But let me run through exactly uh, what's going on here for this year's All-Star event, Jacob. And then I want to get your take. The cars are going to use a splitter borrowed from the 2014 rules package with a 2018 radiator pan, a six inch tall spoiler with two ear extensions marking uh, measuring 12 inches tall and manufacturer specific air ducts designed to minimize the advantage of lead cars in undisturbed air. This is uh, in addition to the plates and uh, I might point out that the Xfinity Series did indeed use this setup at Indy last year and will use it this year in the June 2nd Pocono race and the following week's race at Michigan as well as the return to Indy when they go back there. So what what do you, what say you about all this? Can I just add that I was actually at Fox Sports 1 for the announcement last night and the feeling was genuinely equal parts surprised and positive, I think, is the best way to describe it. I loved loved the comment that Executive Vice President for CMS Greg Walter gave me. He said, we as promoters are constructively discontent. They're never completely happy, even when the racing is good. But Greg made the specific point to me. He said, we're not happy that there's been only one pass for the lead in the final segment over the last five all-star races. That's not what we want. We want excitement all the way down to the finish. And everybody really seems to believe that this package will give us that. We did see it at Indianapolis with Paul Menard pressuring William Byron all the way to the finish in the Xfinity race last year. I'm still a little leery, and the jury, I think, is still out on what the banking will do for this package. we got to remember, Indianapolis has very long straightaways and hardly any banking in the corners. So, you know, this is a little bit unproven on a big banking fast track like we have at Charlotte. But I'm willing to let this play out and see what happens. My personal opinion, at least right now, uh, we're going to tear some stuff up. Well, but it's for a million bucks. So <laughs> I guess there is that. See, here. I think this is what's been missing, though. Honestly, I don't think we've had a memorable all-star race since one hot night. Um, I mean, we've had memorable moments in all-star races since then. But to me, that was the last real, true all-star uh, night. Now, let me go through the format real quick, Chris, and then I'll, I'll let you in here. Um, format different this year. No mandatory pit stops. No choice of alternate tire compounds. I thought that was and ridiculous no uh, last year. No eliminations. No inversions of the running order. It's 30 laps, 20 laps, 20 laps, and 10 laps. It is a hang on, total. Hang on, hang on, Tom. Tom, you forgot the most important thing. Okay. As Don Hawk said, it's a car race. It does not need math. Do we remember the debacle of the running order before the final oh, stage yeah. set by average finish from the first couple of stages? Yeah. There's no math, and Don Hawk says 
There should never be math in racing. It's a car race. 30 laps, 20 laps, 20 laps, 10 laps. 80 laps total. Yeah. Chris. Well, and- 80, 80 laps total unless you get overtime in well, any of the segments, by the way. Well, Jacob, I'll go back to, to something you said a little bit earlier because you said that they that CMS is not happy with the All-Star Race, you know, final segment and you know one way to fix that is to take a segment all the way out of it because it, it's not a segment it's a shootout 10 laps yes it, everybody's going to be throwing everything including the kitchen sink at the wall i especially with this new aero package i feel like it's just going to be all all out there gloves are going to come off for a million dollars well here, i hope the gloves come off here's my thing the last several all-star races you've had so many incidences of drivers just basically sandbagging and and just not even really trying for the first half or three quarters of the race, Chris. And, and you know, then you get to the last 10 or 20 or whatever it, it's going to be. And, you know, we get all excited, hoping for drama, and somebody grabs the weed off the restart and they're gone. So I, if nothing else, my curiosity with the plate package is, will the plate package keep the cars grouped enough so nobody can get so far out in front in a 10-lap segment that you don't have some sort of a race to the win? That's what I'm hoping happens. And if it does, then I think NASCAR needs to take a real look at, you know, this going forward on these downforce tracks because the racing on the mile and a half has been less than stellar for a, a few years now. Hey, here, hey, hey said, here's a thought. Why don't we move the all-star race like Kevin Harvick's been preaching? Well, uh, no. you know, I will go back to what you said, Tom, about sandbagging because we saw it Daytona week during Speed Weeks with Alex Bowman. Uh, in that race, and we've seen it in Charlotte in the All-Star race in the past with Dale Jr. and all these drivers. A number of them. Do you, do you believe that we'll see any of the sandbagging just to get testing information uh, and save the car for Charlotte uh, with the 600? Well, that's always a, 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 di- a, a different kind of struggle for CMS during the All-Star race because you will get those bunches of drivers that will just be like, oh, we're just going out here for testing data. We well, care. No, no, because no, not no, with the plates, it's a completely different package. I exactly. I, I would totally yes. say no. Um, it, you, you, you'll learn nothing about the 600 from this All-Star race, and I like that because it should be that radically different in my opinion. Um, and, and I think that, uh, honestly, I've always thought we should pay about a quarter of a million a segment and then pay a million dollars on top of it. Um, you know, give the, give the drivers a reason to run for the lead, the whole race and, and, and not to run and just put it on cruise control. So hopefully this plate package will keep the cars grouped up a little bit. Um, I like the idea. I don't like the idea of moving the all-star race around. It belongs in Charlotte. It needs to stay there. We just need to figure out how to make it a race again. And I definitely don't like Kevin's idea of moving the race at the end of the season because Florida is about the only place that's halfway warm in uh, the middle of November. Um, nobody wants to sit at a track and freeze their tails off. Well, to why don't you just shorten the schedule then? Well, that's that's the other thing that Kevin's been. Preaching. That's an entirely different matter. See, I, I I would that's a whole other discussion we could have on another show about how we feel about shortening the schedule. Me personally, I would be all for that. Uh, I think we've got too many mile and a half races, not enough road courses. I think you could NASCAR. I believe needs a radical shift in the schedule and in the way that they put their season together be, to for the different audience. Uh, and you know, it'll be 
interesting to see what happens when you know the five-year deal with these tracks is up and to see if they finally do make some changes uh jacob go ahead and take us out of here all right folks uh i i think we've got a lot to say and had a lot to say over the course of two hours and it has been fun so thanks to bob Steele, sue mason bill holt from csb behind the glass and all the folks at the performance motorsports network that helped to make this show possible and at least punch enough right buttons to make us sound sometimes smarter than we actually are on this show we will be back in a week every thursday night at 7 p.m we sit down for this show the stock car show presented by hms motorsport and we'll remind you to visit our partners at hms motorsport you can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com for all your safety needs or visit one of their two locations in mooresville north carolina or danvers massachusetts for tom baker and chris murdoch i'm jacob seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall folks and if you're headed to a racetrack this weekend, we might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend, folks. Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.